You know, I took the staff this week to an abortion clinic. We, we took a bus ride. We went over to the clinic here. There's a couple of abortion clinics in town here. There's one on the corner of Magnolia and Kellogg, that little white building. That's an abortion clinic. I'm going to be very graphic with you right now. The abortion clinic there on the corner is the abortion pill. Can be taken up to 12, 16 weeks. But what they do is they go in there and they give them the first pill. And what that first pill does is it chokes the baby out. Shuts off all the, fl the flow of the blood and everything to the baby. Then they're given another pill to go home and then at 24 hours take this other pill which causes them to go into labor to pass the baby. So everybody thinks, you know, you know, I mean, I always thought you just take a pill and that's it. No, it's very bad. So that's just right here on Magnolia and Kellogg. Then we have Planned Parenthood over on Compton by um, Sam's Club and the Home Depot over there. There's Planned Parenthood. You have Planned Parenthood over in Riverside. They do the surgical removals of babies um, at 20, up to 24 weeks. And so we, we went. I took the staff because I didn't want to just go alone to see what they're doing. I took the whole staff to go so they could see what's happening at these clinics. And so we went over there and we, we prayed. After they told us, we prayed for about a half an hour for the whole situation that goes on there on the corner of Magnolia and Kellogg. And why am I telling you this? Because we, we're going to be doing something um, as far as we're going to be doing a service. I'll be scheduling it in the next week or so, but we're going to do a service out in Riverside on Arlington there. And um, then we're going to pray over that clinic over there. But we want to make it open to you if you want to get involved um, for sidewalk counseling, for going and praying at specific times, or be, even being put on a email list that you could uh, get involved to pray, you know, that they could shoot you out prayers because they know when the abortions are happening, they have so many time slots a day that they do the abortions you know, or even give out that pill, you know, it was um, it, it was very sad you know, to see the young lady come out of there hunched over you know, and to walk across the street to get to her car. It's very sad, you know, and the ladies are trying to tell you, you know, there's a reversal pill if you want it. You can take the reversal pill if you want it. And just to rush off and to get it in a car and go away, you know, it just, it's very sad to see that. People just, ladies just driving out of there. It's, it's alone, without a man there. This girl that, her man, I don't know, boyfriend or husband or whatever, came and and walked with her to go across the street to get to her car. But we just prayed, and we all cried, and we're all a little torn up by what we were seeing. You know, you can hear about it, but let me tell you, if you go and you see it, and you go and you see what's going on, and you get a, a view of it, it'll change your heart. You'll start understanding why, why Texas is doing what they're doing right now, making that stand for abortion. You'll start understanding you know, this is killing babies. 60 million so far we've killed. I think 
God should judge us. And, and listen, this is, you know, everybody's talking about the vaccine, having to get the vaccine, the forced vaccine. What about China? You have to have a forced abortion because there's only a one-child law. When you have a number two child, your child's not recognized by the government there. I mean, it, it's, I mean, and you look at our Chinese pastor, Pastor Peter, has four kids. What he was going through to try and get his kids educated and stuff and to um, get them to be um, just citizens in the, in the nation that they were, it just can't happen. Because you have, they, there's forced abortion in China. I mean, everybody, I know we all, we can all agree we're coming into the last days. But I think right now America's just catching up with the rest of the world. This has been going on. There has stuff been going on around the world. I mean, these places I go to, it's crazy. And when you talk to the people there and what they go through, you know, I, I was talking to one guy in Uganda, and we went by the... Um, United Nations airfield. Container after container after container. Stacked. I said, what's in all them containers? And this is, this, isn't, this is one of the pastors we support as a church. His name Fred Kasiki, and he's up in north in Aurora, Uganda. I said, what's in those containers? He said, war. I said, war? What do you mean? It's the United Nations. I mean, or what's that friendly group or whatever? Is the United, not the United Nations, it's, huh? I can't hear you. No. Might, might be United Nations, the UN, whatever. But um, I said, what do you mean that's war? He goes, he goes, well, from what I, what he has seen, being an African, that when there is a, something found in Africa that would make people very wealthy, the United Nations goes in there and they stir up a war. This is what he tells me, they stir up a war. And then what they do is they come in and they stop the war and they take over the resources that were found so that they can have it. I was telling that to one person. He goes, that's idios idiocy. That's crazy. That, the United Nations don't do that. And I'm like, and you know, huh? You lived there. You experienced it, right? You see, there's stuff going all around the world that, you, you know, when, when we look at America right now, and we're talking about what's happening in America, and everybody's going through all this stuff, and, you know, do I, you know, take the vaccine? Do I, do I get us tested? Do I, you know, what, whatever I do. Whatever you do, it should be your decision, amen, because we're not a communist country yet, amen. You need to be able to decide what you want to do because I've been to the communist country. I've been to the place where they do forced abortions. I've been to the places where they have orphanages that have dying rooms. They have 300 or so babies in there that just to die because the parent didn't want them because they had a, a physical deformity so they just give them up they leave them in the street they throw them in a field they get rid of them because of that one child law if you got one child and he's going to take care of you when you get old they want a good one and they preferably want a man so with all this stuff going on 
in America, all this dissension, being turned, avoid it. It's nothing. It's nothing. We're just getting like the rest of the world right now. Does it mean Jesus is going to come tomorrow? I don't think so. It'd be great. I'd really love that. But I'm telling you, I think we need to get ready for what's coming. We need to get ready for the things that are coming down the line in our government, in the society. You know, it's already um, getting really crazy about all the, the COVID stuff. It's just getting crazy. The homosexuality stuff, it's getting nuts. You know, I mean, the, the racist stuff, it's crazy. It's insane. You know, we're all one people, amen? There's no longer Jew, nor Greek, male, nor female, slave, nor free. We are what? The body of Christ, amen? And we've got to start acting like it as the body of Christ. We can't allow this stuff to affect us. We can't allow it to change us. We can't allow it to cause us to judge people because when we start judging people, we're stepping into the line that we're going to be judged with that same mentality. With what we use, we'll be judged. The same measuring stick. So, be peaceable. Be peaceable, people. I'm not saying, you know, you got to take everything that they throw at you. Don't. But you're commanded to do this. You're commanded to love God and to love people. You say, well, what about the revolutionaries? What about, you know, the George Washingtons and stuff? You know, they're going to be held accountable for what they did. That's all I got to say. You know, at, at one point, we, we had a pastor in the church here. And people said, over 100 people came to Delonda and I and said, if you leave and start a church, we'll go with you. Absolutely not. God hates division. Yeah, but, you know, no. So even when one pastor left to start a church, I called. I said, what are you doing? You can't do this. This is wrong. What you're doing is you're allowing a situation to stay the same, and, so you're, and, and, and you're not saying anything about it. You're just going to leave, and you're going to take unhappy, dissentful people with you. Don't do this. It's the wrong thing. I was 40 minutes on the phone saying, don't do this. God hates division. God hates division, amen? And that's what we got to get. We've got to start lining up with the word of God instead of with politics today. We've got to line up with the love of God, the love of Jesus inside of us. And we got to start loving people, loving God, amen? We can't stay stuck in a political society. God has called us to be righteous. You know, you have Mr. Allen come up here and share, Delana come up and share, two, three people come. Are you kidding me? Every person should run down here. I think because, you know what? There's not anybody in here that didn't sin this last week. I'm good. It's in my message somewhere. I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to bless you overflowing in a more than enough. Because I believe that God has stored up the, 
the riches of the wicked for the righteous. I believe that God wants to pour out upon his people. I believe that God wants to do a supernatural work in his people. I believe that God wants to finish this end time task of preaching the gospel around the world so that men like me and women like Delana can go all around the world and preach the gospel. But it takes money to go, you know that, right? And, and God wants to give people money to be able to fund the kingdom of God. As I said a few weeks ago at the Volunteer Sunday, I said, there's some of you here today that I can't point out, but that your, your role in the kingdom is that giving. But let me tell you what, what the Lord told me this week. There's people here today that your role is giving too, but you don't give, so God can't give to you. He can't trust you with $100, so how can he trust you with a million? If you get $100 and he, and he says give 10, you're like 10, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? But he gives you 10 and you give one. Oh, that's easy. All right, I, I give one. You know, and then 100, you know, you're maybe like, eh, all right, I'll give, a, I'll, give a, I'll give a 10. You know, and then he gives you 1,000. You say, well, well, well that's 100. And, and then he gives you 10,000 and that's what? 1,000? And then he gives you 100,000 and it's like, no way. He doesn't expect me to give $10,000, does he? You see... With the mentality that we have now is how we'll be when God gives us lots of money. Put it on the praise too. That's how we'll respond. We'll respond in that manner. Turn on these lights too, please, Dwayne. I like to see people's eyes. <laughs> you see, with, with the measuring that you're using now, it's the measuring stick that you'll use if God blessed you. So, and God knows that if he blessed some of you, it'd kill you. It'd take you out. I was reading about a lotto winner the other day, and he got robbed of $585,000. Rob, he had $585,000 in cash on his car seat next to him. Do you know where he was, Monica? He was at the strip joint. Money, I'm not listening to you guys. Money will magnify what's on the inside. And God wants to bless you, but he needs you to fix the inside. That's why Scott came today. He, he didn't know what I was preaching about, but he came. And then Delonda's like, okay, we got to fix the inside. Because listen, if we don't fix the inside, God can't do what he wants to do. You got to fix the inside. You got to get rid of the stuff that's been holding God back. Because, you know, he, you, we tie his hands. The way we respond to God, we tie his hands. God is ready to do something supernatural in the life of the body of Christ. But people keep tying his hands by keep doing things their own way, doing things they think is the way it should be done instead of God's way of doing things. And when we stay stuck in our own way, we're going to miss it. Let me read you the scripture. Go ahead and throw that scripture up there. James chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. It says, rich oppressors will be judged. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold, your silver corroded. And their corrosion will be a witness against you. And you will eat, and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. 
Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Father, let your word touch our hearts today. Let us not leave here the same way we came in, God, but let us be free today. Let us walk out of this building free from the weight and sin that so easily ensnares us that Hebrews talks of. God, just free us today. Free us today, God. Give us that heart of flesh. Take out every stone in our heart today, God. And we walk out of here free, free, free in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you want to be rich? I'm going to raise two. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with having a lot of money. Not one amen? <laughs> maybe, you, maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd. Get, get the other crowd in here. Maybe it's the online group that I'm talking to right now. Being rich is not a sin. It's how you are rich, whether it makes it a sin or not. And as I said, I think you're meant to be financially wealthy, but you can't handle it yet what God has for you. You're not in the position for God to pour out on you yet. You got to get ready for that, amen. You got to, your hearts be made right. Like Scott and Delonda were talking about today, our hearts need to be made right so that we don't fall into the trap of greed by acting the way of a rich man described in this passage today. It's the love of money that will get you. The love of money that will get you. God's just working in you to love Him only so that He can bless you. Like the word says, with an open heaven over, over you and that you get so much you don't know how to, what to do with it. He's just working that in us, that love of God, so that we don't get mad and separate from people. We don't, we don't curse people. We don't you know, speak mean of people. We just love the way that God, he's getting us ready into that position that we can be able to handle what he wants to do. And it means lining up with him. Now, when I, in the studies that I did on this, on this passage here, it, when it got to verse one, it labeled it a prof, an unfulfilled prophetic word. Meaning that these rich oppressors have not received what they have coming to them yet. But it's coming. And this is what he said is going to happen to them. He said miseries will come upon them. Riches will become corrupted, garments to become moth-eaten, gold and silver. Oh, I spelled that wrong. I'm sorry. Sick boiler. Gold and silver to canker. I thought I fixed that. Five, the rust or poison of their riches will witness or testify of their many sins. It's not going to be hidden. And then six, the rust or poison of their riches will eat their flesh as if it were fire. This is why he's telling us, don't fall into the trap of the rich man. 
God blesses people to what? To be a blessing. Amen? We, we, we see what their end will be and what they're going to, to, to get in the end. That's, we know this is going to happen. I, I know a pastor one time, he told me, he said, hey, you need, you need to get to know those people really well. I'm like, why? And he said, well, because they're rich. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, they're rich. Did you know that they're really wealthy? I said, no. He says, well, you need to get to know them. I said, I'm not into that. You know, the word says don't cater to the rich man like that. Amen? And we have to guard our hearts from catering to a rich man. You know, I mean, like the rich man comes and you say, oh, well, see, sit right here. Take my seat. I'll just, I'll just stand, you know. Or you say, hey, hey, get up, get up Jeanette. Let the rich man sit there. <laughs> you know I would never do that. I remember one day, you know, the biggest giver in the church one time here at New Hope. He, uh, he had some issues. And so when I confronted him about his issues, you know what? Nobody likes to be confronted about their issues. You know, but when you're like, dude, they're not hidden. They're not even, I mean, they're just full on out there, bro. You know, I got to talk to you because you're just flat out doing this. And he's like, I knew you'd come talk to me. I said, yeah. I said, I think you need to take a break. Threw his keys at me. I knew you'd say that. I'm out of here. Okay, bye. I'm not about the money. I don't care how much money people have or how much they make. I just care about Jesus. I just want Jesus. Amen? Isn't that what you want, Charlotte? You, you want Jesus, isn't it? That's why you come back. You want Jesus, right? You want Jesus. You want him to fill you. You want him to touch you. You want him to heal you. You want him to heal your family line, amen? You want to see him bring your children out of darkness and into light, amen? You want God to do something so supernatural in your life. You just want Jesus. And so it can't be about the money. But if God blesses you with money, you got to let it be about Jesus. And I'm not taking another offering today, so we're good. I talk about tithing, man, I was in a, I was in a hut in India one time, little, I mean, a little hut filled with 75 people. I talked about tithing. Bring your chickens. I don't care, you know, because listen, tithing is the only way you're going to break that poverty mentality because you're trusting God. It breaks that mindset that, oh, I'll never have enough or I'm just, I'm just made to be poor. How many of you think you were made to be poor? Good. I'm glad nobody raised their hand. I didn't want to make fun of you. <laughs> you were not made to be poor. You were made to be blessed. Yes. Amen? Your spirit should be so rich in God. You should have so much of God inside of you. Because you know, it's free, Elena. You, you can't buy it. You can just love him. You can just receive from him. God just wants to pour out into you so much that it's overflowing and abundant. When we talk about money, that he's going to open up the windows of heaven. What if he just poured his spirit out on you, Monica? And it's just day and night. You're just like, wow, you're just walking in the spirit. It's just overwhelming you every day. You know, I remember one time Delon and I were driving to a conference that we were going to lead. And as we were praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit filled our truck. We had to pull over because we couldn't see anymore. It just overwhelmed us. And it's just like, whoa. 
And, and that's how God moved on the mountain when we went. And that's what God wants. He wants to be with you. He wants to fill you. But when we have hindrances that are getting in the way of what God wants to do, then it, it's hard for him. You tie his hands. You handcuff him. God says, I'll, you open up the window. You tithe. And I'll open up the windows of heaven to you. And you're like, well, I can't tithe yet, but I'll, I'll give you a buck, God. You know, give him a tip. Even tipping is better than a tithe. I mean, they start tipping at like 18% now. Would you like to give 18%? Heard one pastor say, the other day he goes, man, I hate going out to eat with Christians. He said, they're like the worst tippers in the world. When a big church bus rolls up to the restaurant, the waitresses run. They're not going to tip us. Christians are the pickiest, stingiest people when it comes to going to a restaurant. I saw that amen. <laughs> I saw We've got to get rich. Rich in the spirit. Not rich in, you know. It's not about the money. God's looking at the heart. He says, can your heart handle what he wants to do? Are you getting your heart into the position for God to do what he's declared? Because we're the only thing holding God back. We're the only thing. God, God is not sitting up there um, going, no, nah, I'm not going to bless him. He's going, I'm ready to bless him. I'm ready to do a supernatural thing there. I'm ready to touch their heart, their mind, their soul, their body. I'm ready to touch their pocketbook. I'm ready to bless them, overflowing it abundantly. But, now God could do it anyways. But he knows, Roberta, he knows if he gave some people a lot of money, it would kill them. They would just do the drugs, womenizer, whatever. They would just go off the deep end. And he knows that. So he has to hold back for your protection. Because he what? He loves you. And he has the best plan for you. rich oppressor. I look out here and, and I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know everybody well, but I, I know most people here that I do not see a rich oppressor in here. You know what I mean? Somebody that's oppressing the poor, somebody that's um, having people do, wage, do work for them and then not paying them. You know, I've seen some people that paid people. I'm thinking, why did you pay them? <laughs> but there's, there's coming oppression like you've never known before in America. Things are going to start happening. And you need to be ready. You need to decide, listen, it's not a decision about Democrat or Republican. You've got to get that out of your head. It's a decision, are you going to follow Christ or not? That's it right there. Follow Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Do what he says. Amen? Because I, I've been reading a, a book. It's called Zeitgeist 2025. And, and it's leading towards things that are 
they feel is happening, going to be happening in America. It was written by a pastor. And he was talking about a cashless society. And some of you that deal in money might be becoming more and more aware of a cashless society that is coming. You can't avoid it. Think about a cashless society. You won't be able to hide your money in your mattress no more because it's not going to be any good. I know some people, I won't put my money in the bank. Well, you won't have no money either. Cashless society, you won't have control of your money. You'll lose that control. They'll start out probably with a card. But you know where it's going. Well, you know, it's too many people been duplicating cards and everything, you know. It'd be much better if we just gave you an ID, you know. That's where it's going to go, you know. So they're talking about this happening like in 2025. Uh, you, you won't have that control. The banks will. They'll be able to find you, take your money, do whatever they want with you. Take your inheritance. Well, we need that money more. You know, um, I, I was told the other day about doing away with Social Security so we could give it to other countries. Well, that'd be fun, huh? Some of you are looking at me like, you got to be kidding me. You have to choose who you're going to serve. You have to choose Jesus. Because I know that Jesus is our provider and he will bring you through. I'm not trying to spring fear on you today. I'm just telling you, there's a rich oppressor that's really coming this way. And it's going to get a little bit more intense. Wait for the next government shutdown. It's coming. I mean, you've been hearing the news. They voted debt ceiling, debt ceiling. At some point, it doesn't matter how high we want to raise our debt ceiling. They're not going to lend us any more money. They're going to say, you're a bad risk, America. How many trillions are we in debt now? 21 trillion or something like that? It's a lot. You know, one of the things that James was complaining about here is, is them people that um, I'm looking up there if it's not there. Oh, it's in the other part. But how they they come to the communion and they eat the, the food, you know, the rich would come to the communion early and start eating the food. And then the working man, by the time they got there, you know, most of the food would be gone because the fat rich guy ate it all. And that's what it's talking about in there in this passage. You know, and um, that's, that's what James is trying to relay to us, to not be that way. You know, now we only give you a little cracker that tastes like garbage and um, nobody's, nobody's anxious to eat that thing. <laughs> but I was reading about the spirit of greed because all this comes from greed. You know, stealing from the poor, oppressing people, it all comes from greed, wanting. And so I, I'm, I'm looking up the spirit of greed this week online. It took me to a kid's video game. And in this video game that kids play, you have, to, you have to pay 
the God of greed to go to the next level. So you have to win so much on the level before to pay the God of greed so you can get to the next level. And I thought, isn't that like the devil to teach our kids about greed from the beginning? And we let them. We let them play the games and we let them pay the God of greed. David, don't let your kid play with a phone, man. Think of another way. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You're the, one, you're the only one that got a baby in here right now. <laughs> Think of another way. A football or, you know, a baseball or a fishing pole or something. Think of something else to entertain. Give that kid a shovel and let him dig you a hole. Tell him, dig me a hole. And then tell him the next day to fill it up. And then dig you another. You know, let him just plow the yard, whatever. Do something, but don't give him a phone. Don't give him a tablet. Don't raise him on that stuff. I'm telling you right now, it's evil. And here I am. I got mine on my pulpit right here. I'm telling you. It, it, it's the, the people are very sneaky. See, greed is a spirit that makes you unsatisfied. That you'll never have enough. And so what greed will cause you to do is keep what you've got so that no one can take it from you. That's what greed does. And greed, when Delon and I lived in another country, and as we were looking back, we were just praying for America, and all we could see was greed. People not being satisfied, having to get, having to get, having to get, just unsatisfaction and never having enough. Out of not having enough, you can become that oppressor to those who can, you can get money from. So, let me see, we'll look at the time. Okay, let's go through this quick. You ready? Take pictures, the screen, because I'm going to go fast. The, um, the, word, the way the word that describes the oppressor is keeping together treasures on earth. They heap up money. And the word, Matthew 6, 19 says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Number two, defrauding laborers, Malachi 3, 5. And I will come near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans, and against those who turn away an alien, because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. So who do not turn away an alien. Did you hear that? I mean, that, uh, that, he just threw that in there for me. Do not turn. That's another big issue. Aliens coming into America, not outer space aliens. <laughs> I'm not talking Area 51. I'm talking about the Mexican border. So and then, but he said, you know, but he said, sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, those who exploit, exploit wage earners, and widows and orphans. 
And it says, because they don't fear me, says the Lord of hosts. And then number three, living in pleasure at the expense of those defrauded. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour, devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. That's Matthew 23, 14. Living in, number four, living in wantonness or sensual appetites to the uttermost. Romans 13, 13. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, revelry, revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. So, I mean, all these results of that spirit of greed being on a person, being that rich oppressor, this is what it's opening the door to. This is what's happening. And it's all totally against the word of God. And so, and then number five, nourishing the heart or living in luxury and pride. You know, this is the idea of feasting and gluttony as men do at the time at the slaughter of the sacrifices. So what he's talking about, at the sacrifice, those guys would, would just gorge themselves on the slaughters. Gluttony and greed go, go together. Not being satisfied, but having to have an abundance when others go without. Having to have an abundance when others go without. Number six, condemning the just, perverting the judgment of the poor. This is a lot of what chapter 2 in James talked about. The rich oppressor condemns the just and people still, people still give them favor. The favor is given in hopes that we might get something from them. Treat everybody the same. Amen? And then number seven, killing the just to multiply their own riches. King Ahab saw this wonderful vineyard and he wanted it. And he went to Naboth and he said, hey, give me that vineyard. I'll give you another piece of land. He said, but this land is rich. I want, I want this for my own vegetable farm to feed the king. And Naboth said, that's my family's inheritance. I can't, I can't give it to you. So his wife, Jezebel, saw that the king was sad because he went home pouting. And she said, hey, what's wrong? He said, well, I asked Naboth for the vineyard and he wouldn't give it to me. Don't worry, you'll have it in a few days. Jezebel threw a banquet for Naboth, but then she brought some people into accusing. And they sat there in front of him and they accused Naboth before all the people. And they ended up taking him out and stoning him to death. And then Jezebel went back to Ahab and said, Hey, Naboth is dead. Go get your vineyard. And he went and he claimed that land. That's what it's talking about. Killing the just to multiply our own riches. It's evil. It's just plain evil. We, we must remember these things. We, we don't want to to be like that, and we probably don't want to give them favor either, amen? We don't want to give them favor like that. So what do we do today with what we've said? We've talked about a lot, man. Whew. See, when I don't use notes, I'll get going. <laughs> Number one today, let your life line up with the Word so God can bless you. Stop living your life outside the Word of God. God has a plan for you. Amen? I mean, when Scott and Delonda come, I'm thinking, this is it, Lord. This is... You know, we got to line up with your word. 
in every area of our life. Don't just say, well, I'm working on it. Don't just say that. I just heard the Spirit tell me that. Don't, don't just say, well, I'm working on it. Let God touch you. Let God free it from you. Amen? Don't just work on it. Be transformed. Have that experience with God. Amen? So he can bless you. And then number two, don't let your heart become, is what we've read today about the evil rich. Don't let your heart become that way. And then number three, pay attention to what's going on around you. Watch for signs of the times and for the coming of the Lord. Be watchful. You got to pay attention to what's happening. We can't just skate through. We know that God needs wealthy people so we can finish the task. I mean, things are opening up. You know, I, I'm going to Egypt November 28th. We're going to go to Egypt. And they're, they're, they asked me, how many times a day can you preach? I said, oh, I'm good for two to three. You know, I've done seven, but I know that's hard. <laughs> so, but you need, to, you need to make sure today your heart is ready for what God wants to do. Think about how you are with your money right now. Because that's how you'll be when he blesses you. Are you in line with him? I put in my notes, ask yourself this question. If I hit the lotto today for millions, I will... I know many people, oh, I'll give to the church first. And they hit the lotto and they're gone. You're like, where'd they go? <laughs> Excuse me, because if your heart's not right today, it won't be right when he blesses you. Most people that win the lotto have spent the money by the fifth year. Taking a 20-year payout, they borrowed or whatever, getting the title, they, by five years, they're broke. Can God trust you? Are you ready? Let's pray. Father, we come before you today and we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for the warnings that are given here, God, and the, Lord, how not to do things. And I pray today, Father God, that we in this room would be ready for what you want to do in us. Maybe you say, Pastor Ron, I want a second chance today. I want to make sure I'm lining up with what God has. And I want to make sure my heart's ready for it. If that's you today, just stand to your feet right there so I can pray for you. Somebody else is just saying, okay, right there, I see that hand. Anybody else? Just stand up. Just stand up. Let me pray for you. You want to be ready. You want to make sure. Amen. 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 I'm standing too, just so you know. I want to be ready.
I repented last week. Because I thought, God, if you bless me with millions, I might just run. I might just go into the deep woods of Alaska and not come back. <laughs> That's right, Betty. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> you got to be ready. So, Father God, you see these men and women of God today standing before you. And I pray, Father God, that you'd root out and pull down anything inside of us, God. That's hindering what you want to do. That, God, that we just let go of the world and we trust you with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, God. That, Lord, the blessing of the Lord would come upon your people. Lord, your word declares that your blessing that makes one rich, you add no sorrow to it. So I pray today that the things that are limiting, that are holding you back, be broken today in Jesus' name. That the people of God be made free, God. That, Lord, that you do, you do in us in five seconds what we've been trying to do for years. Lord, trying to overcome those attitudes, trying to overcome addictions, trying to overcome, Lord, the way our thinking is, God. Lord, I pray that you do a work in us right now that overcomes it right now, God. Lord, that you just make us free. Make us free today, God. To a supernatural move on us. Oh, hallelujah. Let it flow in us, God. Do that healing. Let that forgiveness flow. Let our past just run away right now. Let it flow, God. Uh, let it flow, God. Let it flow. We praise you, Father. We thank you for your love towards each one of us today, God. Help us today, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you need healing, stand up or you can sit down, you others, but if you need healing, just stand up right now. Some of you believers, look around. Go lay hands on somebody that needs that healing right now. Come on, Michaela, stand with your mama right now. Father, you see the need. Lord, you see the need. I pray for the Holy Spirit to sweep through this place and take the need right out of this house. That the healing power of God would just be left in the people of God today. And Lord, your healing causes people's body to be revived right now by the power of God. Let it flow, Father. Yea, let it flow. Let them be healed in Jesus' name. Let them be healed in Jesus' name. God, supernatural healing in Jesus' name. Let it flow, God. Every heart that needs that touch right now.
Every person that battles vertigo, be done now. Every bone ache, leave right now. Every bone ache, leave right now. Let blood right now be cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Let diabetes go, yeah, in the name of Jesus. Let blood pressure be released today. Lord, I pray that arteries open right now. Yes. The breath of life come into people yes. right now. We pray for Johanna in the rehab. God, just touch her today. Let your healing flow over her today, God. Restore the breath of life into her. Touch Pastor Dave today, God. Lord, just restore life into him today in the name of Jesus. Let it flow, God. Let it flow. Touch Esperanza, God, in Mexico. Touch her today, God. Let her lungs be open wide and the clots be gone and the breath of life just flow in her right now, God. Let every tumor of cancer be dissolved right now in Jesus' name. Every tumor be dissolved. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. He did it to her, Delanda, a few months ago. He just dissolved it. The Lord had to tell her, go look. And it was gone. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. David, does your boy need healing? Okay. Well, I pray that God touch you. God touch you in the name of Jesus. And be with mama for this new birth. I pray that the power of God be with you. I pray that God's hand be upon you, that that baby just come forward without all the pain, without all the agony, in the name of Jesus, that God would just ten fingers, ten toes, the breath of life into him. Hallelujah, wide-eyed and ready to run. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you're going to keep up with this. You're going to have a tough time keeping up with this one. He's ready to run. Praise God. Father, give him strength. Mm, matter of fact, I just believe the Lord said, let him run track in school. Okay, urge him, steer him that way. Run, run, run. It's like Forrest, run. <laughs> Well, let the healing, God, just flow through every person right now. Let it be our portion today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Jeanette.